0: Hello, I hope you're having a lovely Wednesday. Welcome to episode 15 of Be Bougie, Be True, Be You. I'm Charlotte Jones. How is your week going? Are you having a good one? I am this week. I feel it's one of those weeks where actually on Friday, it was not a good day. I don't, you know, when it's just one of those days, it gets the better of you. You feel really defeated. You feel really fed up, quite emotional. No real reason why. Just one of those days where life and especially things with 2020. However, I've managed to turn it around and this week I have been really productive. I've got lots done. I'm keeping up with my 55 Breakthrough to Bliss challenge, which I'm sure you've seen all over my Instagram story. So I'm feeling really good today. But this episode, I feel it's the right time to do an episode like this because... There is so much uncertainty going on in the world at the moment with COVID-19 and I know it is causing people a lot of anxiety and some people who have never suffered with anxiety before and might not be sure what's actually going on in their mind at the moment. So I want to share my story with you. But before I do, I just want to add that I am not a counsellor I have no official training. This is just me guiding and trying the best I can to help with the experiences that I've had in my own personal life. You're listening to Be Bougie, Be True, Be You with Charlotte Jones, the podcast to chat about a little bit of anything and everything. Anxiety can start for so many reasons and everybody has their own experience with it and it can vary from one person to the next. Some people are born with it, some people there will be a situation or something might happen that suddenly triggers anxiety and it doesn't just have to be as a child or a teenager, it can happen at any stage in your life. I feel for me, mine started in my mid to late teens but it took me until my early twenties, maybe even 23, 24 to fully understand what was going on in my mind. And what I'm hoping is if I explain how I remember first experiencing anxiety, the type of thoughts that I had, what I thought it might have meant at the time, how I realised what it was and how I now work with it so it doesn't end up interfering and taking over my life. It might help you if you are going through this or something similar right now. Now, you may or may not have heard in a previous episode of Be Bougie, Be True, Be You, I had a conversation with my brother and we talked about our dad because he passed away when we were children. I was seven when my dad died. And in that episode, we talked all about how we understood grief as a child and how it affected us in our adult lives. But I also think... That the grief from losing my dad but not only losing my dad we also lost a few other relatives that were very close to us within a few year gap in fact I think we lost two or three people within the space of two years and as a child that's obviously a lot to take but you don't really understand what to do with it and at the time in my own mind as a child I was dealing with it it was sad but it, it happened and I thought okay I mean I just had no reaction at all really which I know now isn't really a normal response. But as a child, my head thought, I'm coping with this. I'm okay. My first minor experience with anxiety was, I think I would have been 14 or 15. And I suddenly went through a phase where I became absolutely petrified of death, like absolutely terrified. Nothing happened to me. I can't tell you what it was that started it. I just remember one day asking my mum questions do you get scared of death? Like, what do you think happens when you die? But it wasn't because I was curious. It's because I was frightened. And honestly, I was crying myself to sleep near enough on and off most nights for a couple of months. Then when I would start to adapt to, okay, everybody dies, this is what happens. I calmed down for a little bit. And then I remember within some point of that same year, I was at school and it was literally a passing comment from a girl in my class who made a joke about reincarnation and how she bets in her next life she'll end up coming back as a man or something like that and something completely freaked me out there, I really panicked. I was like I I don't what's reincarnation I I don't want to come back as anybody else I'm me I don't want to have a different mum I don't want to have a different brother and these are my friends and if you reincarnate that must mean that you become different people which means these people in your life won't be a part of your life and honestly again the same anxieties the same panic all just started up again but I didn't understand it I thought it was just me That went on and off for about six months with what I was saying at the beginning when it first happened to the whole reincarnation thing. Then it seemed to quieten down. My next real experience and actually where I finally discovered what I was suffering with was anxiety was in a previous relationship. So I had had boyfriends from the age of I'm not lying. I'm just trying to remember now it feels so long ago. Uh properly from about 14, 15 like you do. My first serious boyfriend, I was 15. And I noticed I was in a very strong push and pull. If they seemed distant, I was really really needy. But if they were needy, I I couldn't get attached. I didn't want to know. And when I ended up in my first relationship where I knew I really liked, I knew I loved the person and I wanted this to be my forever relationship in my head as a 19 year old. This relationship is really significant to me because it's my longest relationship. I was in that relationship for almost 11 years and it took me, I think, nearly two years in. Yeah, two years in before I fully realised what was happening. So a couple of weeks into the relationship, it was going really well and I was wanting to pull away so strongly. And I don't just mean a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure. Like, I was terrified and my mind wouldn't stop. And it would upset me because I was like, I don't understand. I know I really like this person. I know I'm enjoying spending time with this person. Why is my brain telling me all these horrible things? Like, you don't like him. Any comment he would say, my head would pick up on and use it against him. And it felt so strong. And literally the battle in my head would would make me cry. And then as you do when you're in your late teens, early 20s, you get a bit of relationship drama. So if he was ever a little bit distant, suddenly I was then fixated and focused. And, you know, my whole obsession with life was getting that relationship back on track. And then when it felt on track, I would start to make these weird scenarios up in my head of using any excuse. I would try and like picture myself marrying them. And if it didn't feel good, I would then be like, well, you obviously don't want to marry him. And like, honestly, I remember walking to university and having arguments about whether I can see myself marrying my boyfriend of, at the point, at that point, it was about six months, and upsetting myself because I couldn't figure it out and I didn't know what was going on in my head. And I honestly just felt like no one else has this. I'm the only person that seems to do this. Why am I so, why can't I just quiet my mind? Like, I don't understand what's happening. And because we did long distance on and off for two years, This would happen in phases, but whenever the phases where we weren't coping as well with the long distance, it would go away because I'd have another anxiety to think about, which would be, am I losing the relationship? So that would replace... So one anxiety would basically just replace the other. I was either worried about losing relationship, and when I wasn't worried about that, I was somehow trying to push myself away from the relationship. And it was exhausting. It was really exhausting. And another way this played out is that I was that extreme in my romantic relationships but in my family relationships I was very I remember I couldn't even make my mum a cup of tea because it would be like a nice gesture let alone say something like I love you there was a point where my brother thought that I didn't like him because whenever we talked he's a year or so younger than me I would just be nagging him I'd be telling him off because he's being messy, he needs to tidy this up, why can't he do that to be more helpful? But I never just had a conversation with him and I couldn't bring myself to do it. And again, I didn't really understand what was happening and why I was being so cold and blunt, but it would just happen But the big crunch came for me and because this is the reason this is a crunch is I think throughout life there are moments in your head that it doesn't matter how much time passes they just stay with you so strongly and if you think about it long enough all those feelings that you felt at that time can come rushing back and I think this is where I started to realise that something was going on with me other than believing the thoughts that were going on in my head because before you understand what anxiety is You believe everything your head is saying is true and you can start thinking that you're an awful person. And the more you think that, the more you spiral and the harder it is to shut it off. And that is the cycle I was on, on and off for years. So my ex-partner and I, we actually had a holiday booked to Cyprus and I was just graduating uni. I would literally moved out a week before we went and then within a week of getting back from our holiday, he was going away to study and train and he was going to be gone for a while and it was going to be more long distance but everything was fine the holiday was for us to spend some quality time together make the most of it before he went off training and I just remember that holiday we were in Cyprus it was a beautiful hotel we were right on the beach it was an amazing holiday and I felt awful the whole time my brain would not switch off all day And then for some reason, again, I can pinpoint the specific time or Pacific time. It would be sunset. When the sun starts to go down, all the thoughts that have been ticking over in my head all day would suddenly become unbearable, would suddenly become too much. And I would burst into tears as a release from this constant battle in my head. And these thoughts were, I'm having the most lovely, perfect time as you can on a holiday. There's no dramas. We're getting on really well we're enjoying cocktails by the pool, we're having great food, it's all inclusive, you know we had a day out for the day but because it was overall a chilled holiday where we were sunbathing so we weren't doing anything, my brain was at an all-time high of these thoughts of any movement, any comment he said, any tiny thought that popped into my head, my brain would say that means you don't love him you don't love him and I mean literally that thought of you don't love him was would drown out anything else and I was like but I know I do like I know how I feel and my brain is telling me something different and this would go back and forth and the end of the day the guilt of having that thought in the first place would overcome me and like I said burst into tears because I didn't want to tell my boyfriend that I kept having these thoughts of I don't love him because I knew it wasn't true but if you tell somebody that, what are they going to think? He's going to assume I don't love him. It's going to ruin the relationship. So the pressure I was putting on myself to keep it a secret because I didn't understand what was happening was, was literally eating me up. So anyway, fast forward, he went to training. It, my anxiety did cause issues in our relationship because I couldn't figure out what was going on. One minute I'd be distant, then I'd be clingy, trying to figure it out. And then Finally, something just made me realise I don't think something's right with me and I, I don't think it's me and I, I think we had an argument that was a breaking point where he said that he didn't know if he could be with me anymore because he didn't know how to handle it didn't know how to handle how upset I would get if I was, just how I was, could be up and down so I remember having a conversation with my mum and then I booked a I booked a doctor's appointment to go and see a counsellor and then that was where you have your six sessions and you talk about it and you start to understand that there's something called anxiety and I was like oh okay and even when I first learned about it it didn't stop it happening it didn't stop the guilt happening I feel the biggest way I can describe anxiety for me is needing constant reassurance so if something negative happened or a negative thought happened I needed something to reassure me that it wasn't true. And if that reassurance wasn't there, which, let's face it, when you've got anxiety, there is no reassurance strong enough. Even if someone says, nope, you're fine, you might believe it for five minutes, maybe even a couple of hours, but if you're in an anxious state, you need to hear it again. And then you need to hear it again because you need to... It's like keep topping up that reassurance level to make you feel okay. And through going to counselling and over, I would say, another two-year period... I finally learned that all of those awful thoughts that I had in relationships while I was younger and particularly in this long relationship that I was in at the point we'd been together for three or four years when I started to realise, because I had lost so many people in my childhood that were close to me and I hadn't dealt with it, even though I assumed I had because I was fine and dandy and getting on with life, all okay. What was really happening was my brain was trying to protect me from more loss. So grief for me manifested anxiety. So each relationship, if it felt safe, I needed to create a drama to try and keep it there and keep it feeling safe. Or if they weren't being safe, if they were being distant or aloof, then the thought of loss was unbearable and I couldn't cope with it. On this particular holiday in Cyprus where my mind kept saying you don't love him, you don't love him and I knew it just wasn't true what I have come to learn is that that was my brain's way of trying to protect me because my mind knew that when we got home within a few days he was going off, he was going to training, he was going to move away again we were going to do another couple of years of long distance and we hadn't handled the last part of my university course very well as a couple doing long distance And the fear that it was going to fall apart with him moving away was manifesting itself in this severe anxiety. And when I finally understood that, and even knowing that for a little bit, you still question yourself. But but why would I think that? Why would I say that? Because if I loved him, surely that wouldn't happen. That inner critic, when you have anxiety, is the actual worst But over time, with a lot of reassurance from a counsellor, when I would go most weeks and probably say the same thing to her each week, like, well, I have this thought this time, does that not mean? And does this mean this? And I thought this the other day, or I noticed that. And they're reassuring you week after week with their endless patience. And with them understanding and explaining to you how the mind works, why this is happening. Over time, it doesn't just happen instantly, because you're almost, in a sense to me, the way I look at it is that you're having to rewire your brain to have a new level of understanding to what you've had for your whole life before that. So very slowly, if I started to get those negative thoughts, because I was in this relationship for another few years since, and I managed, I did manage to almost not kick, you never kick anxiety, you never get rid of anxiety completely, because it, for me anyway, it can lurk beneath the surface. and But I get it so rarely now, which is amazing, because I used to be such an anxious person. And actually, these stories are really hard to share because it's a time of my life. I don't, you almost, as much as I know, I'm so good now with it all and I understand it. And if I'm having an anxious moment, I know how to get myself out of it 99% of the time. When you start reliving it, it's like I said earlier, you take yourself back to those moments and you don't want to fall down the spiral. You don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but... I think it's so important to share this because if it can help just one person not feel alone and not feel isolated because anxiety can create so much loneliness and isolation and that is the way I felt for a long time even though I had an amazing close family, amazing friends, a good relationship, there was no reason for me to feel alone. And yet I really really did and I in those worst moments I didn't know where to turn. So if this is your place to turn I always want you to know as well if you need somebody to speak to my Instagram is at Charlotte Jones Presents. Please message me at any time and I will always listen to you and see if I can help in any way. But going back to where I was at so once I started to realise and understand that it was my brain trying to protect me not ruin my life it was trying to protect my life I then had to start changing the conversations that I was having in my mind. So rather than the battle of, why are you thinking that? Well, I'm thinking it because it's true. And then, but I I know it's not true. And anyway, that kind of thing. When a negative thought or the, the cycle would start up again, I used to, rather than say, why are you doing that? It's, it's okay. We don't need to do that. And a good way to learn when you're dealing with anxiety and to understand when you're having an anxiety moment is you will notice a pattern so like I said for me it was my relationship really and my very close relationships with my family around me if there was a certain situation I would react a certain way so creating a certain amount of self-awareness and when you start to feel that horrible feeling whether it's in your chest whether it's in your stomach It goes to different places for different people. Look at what's going on in your life right now. Has there been an argument? Has there been a job stress? Has there been something which has started the cycle? Because your brain, when you notice it happening, and when I first started to come out of anxiety, it's like I'd have a good week or a good two weeks where I had no bad thoughts at all. And then suddenly I'd remind myself, oh, you felt really good for two weeks and you haven't thought anything and as soon as you did that it was the spiral oh should I, I? it's almost like my brain wanted to double check everything well you felt really good for two weeks but is there anything that might have made you think you don't love him now go through this go through this checklist here and I'm like no I was good I didn't need to do it so the way I work out of it a lot quicker now is being kind to myself because when you're hard on yourself you make the anxiety worse and you make yourself feel worse about yourself when you don't Need to. You are not a bad person for whatever is going on in your head. That is science. It's your brain's way of trying to look out for you. That's all it is. No matter how messed up it can feel, how confusing, how upsetting it can feel, it's just the science of your brain trying to protect you from lessons it's learnt as you've grown up. It may have seen something on the telly that freaked you out that you won't even remember, but it's registered it. And as an adult, you might go into a similar situation. It's remembered a threat and it gives you anxiety. It can be as simple as that sometimes. So once you have the self-awareness and once you start noticing the patterns and noticing the triggers of your anxiety, that's when you need to be kind to yourself. If you're in a, a quiet private place where you've not got much going on, maybe it's a weekend or you've just got a day at home, journal. I highly recommend journal and writing it all out because once you write it on the paper, especially if you're not in a position where you don't feel comfortable speaking to anybody yet, once you put it on the paper, it doesn't feel as scary. The scariest thing about anxiety is when it's just in your head and your head alone because it builds up to extreme highs. Once you say it out loud to somebody, you take away half its power. And it's the same with writing it down. Writing it down and reading it in front of you takes away a lot of its power. However, if you are, you know, maybe on a train or you're at work or you're you're, you're just busy and it happens, just be kind to yourself. Rather than think, never think, here we go again. Just notice it and say, okay, I'm safe. I don't need to be protected. And almost be kind as if it's another person. Treat your brain as another person and say, thank you for trying to protect me. You know when you've got a friend that's a really protective friend and they don't want you going back to that boyfriend and you know that they're there and you know that they're going to be cross with you for doing it, but you don't get angry with the friend. You appreciate them looking out for you. That's the best way to describe your brain. Your brain is just trying to look out for you. So thank it, because again, takes the pressure off yourself thanking your brain for looking out for you and trying to be good to you. It's not a bad thing. It's just doing it in a very strange way. So talk to yourself, be kind, and do something to take your mind elsewhere. The worst thing... Or one of the worst things, I feel like there's several worst things with anxiety. It's it's, I I know, honestly, speaking from experience, I do know just how low and awful you can feel. But one of the worst things is not stopping the spiral and not stopping the process when you notice it happening. Which is so hard to do sometimes because when it kicks in strongly, like if you have a really horrible thought. So again, going back to my, well, I don't love him anymore. And you freak yourself out. You're like, why did I think that? You then want to check why you thought that. Don't start that spiral. When you notice, why did I think that? Rather than start looking into it and analysing it, find something else to do. Whether it's finding something else to think about, whether you can pick up a book and just start reading a story, put the telly on. When I was in my lowest moments at uni, dealing with this, when I had no idea what was going on with me, Friends box sets on repeat was my therapy. Because any time it felt too much, I'd just put an episode of Friends on. I mean, I could recite the whole of Friends to you. I know loads of people can, that's not a special skill but I'm proud of it (laughs) but I put friends on and it made the world feel more normal I didn't feel as alienated I felt like and it's laughing and it's you need to be able to laugh and just get out of your head as quickly as you can and I have to be completely honest because I have done this so many times now because I have been through situations where the anxiety's flared up and I've been kind to myself the kinder I've been to myself the more I've understood myself and the more I understand the less it happens. For me, this is just my personal experience and it may be different for others, but this may help you if you are struggling. Understand yourself, appreciate yourself, know it's coming from a good place. And then I think I've had one anxiety moment this year and given everything that's going on in the world, for me, that's bloody brilliant. (laughs) So the way I work with my anxiety is I've also had to learn to deal with my grief because my grief is the thing that started it all, and faced death. And I know that we all have our own relationship with death and, and what it means and how we feel about it. And I'll be honest, I still get nervous. I, it's not something I ever think about that I'm like, oh, I'm at peace with this idea, which a lot of people can. It is something that if I spent too long thinking about it, like a lot of people, you're going to freak yourself out. I freak myself out, but I just tell myself, it's inevitable, but we all go through it. So nobody is exempt from this we all have to experience it at some time or another and again it's just rationalizing with yourself but kindly not aggressively so if I ever notice a moment I rationalize I'm kind and I distract myself maybe I'll call a friend and make up some nonsense to talk about but the biggest thing to do when you aren't sure what's happening or you might be realizing that you are suffering with anxiety is as soon as you feel comfortable You do have to talk and I know there is a lot of awareness around mental health and anxiety now but as soon as you feel safe enough to talk to someone know that nobody is going to judge you. People are so much more understanding than you give like than we think they're going to be. So talk to people and then once you understand that you're suffering with anxiety and you know it's bad that's where the awareness comes in, that's where being kind to yourself comes in, that's where distracting yourself comes in until you come out on the other side of it. And like I said, it never, for me, I don't believe it will ever completely leave me. I know there will be situations in life where it will flare up from time to time but by doing everything I've just said, the anxiety attacks that used to happen what felt like 24-7 for a long period of my life or I won't say 24-7 but There's a whole batch of my 20s that all I do is relate it to anxiety. That's not me anymore. That is a different person. That is somebody that I feel for and I think she did great coping with it how she did. But I'm in such a different place with it now and I understand it and know so much more about it that it doesn't scare me anymore. If I feel it coming, I accept. And also sometimes the quicker we accept it, the quicker it passes the more we fight it, the longer it takes to go away. I don't know why, I can't explain that to you, I'm not a scientist, but I found the more you fight it and you try and argue your point back with your own brain, the longer it goes on for. The more you just let an upsetting or horrible thought come in and go, okay, and let it pass, the quicker it disappears. This episode has been a lot longer than previous episodes where I just chat by myself, but I hope that you find it valuable even if there's just one thing you take away from it and i want to say again if you ever need to reach out if you feel that you can't talk to anybody around you you can talk to me at any time just head to my instagram page that's at charlotte jones presents and drop me a message thank you for listening to this episode and i will see you soon